Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast where we aim to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan, and with me each and every week are my imaginary twin boys that only exist in this universe, Chris Frodell. Excelsior. And Shane Beauregard. Oh, man, what do I say after that? What's up? <laughs> Sorry. That's fair, man. I set you up for that. Um, I am super envious, guys, of our audience right now, as this is one of three amazing episodes that we're releasing today on our feed, as this is day one of our podcast. So thank you out there for joining us. Uh, we have two other episodes to check out our top five movies of 2022 so far and our top five TV shows of 2022 so far. And on this episode, we will go to hell and back with Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, the latest film in the Marvel cinematic universe, though. One of the big things we will tackle today and probably right up top is how phase four has really ushered into the era of the Marvel content universe instead of the Marvel cinematic universe where it's just one big continuous story between two very different mediums, or so one would hope. Uh, And I think, like I said, that's a good place to start this conversation, as this movie in particular is more of a byproduct of this shift in content and canon more than any other MCU film before it. Uh, So let's begin with a general discussion of Phase 4. And Chris, I'm going to start with you, because I think... You and I, after we saw this movie, had a very fruitful conversation of kind of where this whole universe is going um, or multiverse is going or any of these things, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out really what is phase four besides essentially just the building of Disney Plus, you know, more than like, say, maybe the more planned out phases in the past. So when you think phase four. Where do you think we are? What do you think of it so far? How would you characterize Phase 4? I have no clue, Andrew. Good night. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I really don't know where they're going. Honestly, when this whole thing started with Iron Man, it was, there wasn't even a plan then. It was just like, hey, I want to make a movie about Iron Man. And then, you know, it would be a slow roll. And then suddenly they dug their heels in and- here we go with like this overarching story. Right. You had a main baddie that was building up in each phase of sure. uh, the MCU. There was an end result. There was something coming. There was going to be something finite. The big sure. bad. Right. With phase four, honestly, I don't know what's going on. What, it started with Black Widow, then Eternals. Yeah, I mean I it depends on where you draw it up. I yeah. believe um if if I'm if I'm correct, and let me just pull it up here. Yep. The 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 order in which they were released, which is not how they wanted this to go, mind no. you, which is a bigger conversation of this whole thing. Uh it actually started with WandaVision and then Falcon and Winter Soldier led into the Black Widow release as that kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back right. forever. And then Loki. And then what if, then Shang-Chi, then Eternals, Hawkeye, Spider-Man No Way Home, and then kind of where we are now, where Moon Knight just ended and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness obviously was just released. Then we're obviously looking forward to Thor, Love and Thunder, She-Hulk, the Marvels, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And that's just 2022. 
Uh, and then obviously there'll be there'll be more to come. So yeah. to me, the fact that we're now integrating these Disney Plus shows is like my nightmare. When, when <laughs> they first when they first announced these things, and they were like everything is canon, I was like, this is going to eventually suck. Because as I said to you uh, uh, when we got out of the movie, I was like, these movies because of the distance between them and the connectivity between them, every single one of these movies was an event. And now because you have basically some Marvel product, it feels like every week of your life throughout the year, whether it's an episode of something or whether it's a new movie, there, there is no event. It's just happening. It's just continuously happening. And we have to consume all of it or else, you're going to either feel lost or at least maybe your enjoyment level goes down because there's so much integration that maybe you could follow along, but maybe, you know, it's not, there are some things where you just go, okay, I don't know what that was, but this is fine. Um, I I will say, uh, I understand where you're coming from when they do say that the, everything is canon. Yeah, I I get that, and I was I was one of the people hoping for that because with Agents of Shield they ignored what was going on with that, and everything was separate. Right. You know you couldn't uh, you couldn't make mention of Coulson, and right. in turn you couldn't make mention of the heroes that made up the Avengers. Right. However, they had the amorphous thing of like yeah, uh, you know. Oh, we Let's found Thor's else. hammer, but yes. we're not going to say how it happened, or yeah. we're going to call it the event in New York or some yeah. workaround uh, versus yeah. what actually the, happened with the, the Green Goliath or you know something something along those lines without yeah. saying their names. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the rights here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it showed. Yeah. But yeah. now you have basically the rights to everything, but they're not utilizing it the way we thought with having sure. you know carte blanche because it seems like they will make reference to certain things but there's no weight to them there's no yeah. you know not to get ahead of us but uh i believe you said dr strange 2 felt like the second season of wandavision it does yeah that is probably the only connected tissue other than that everything else is just set up of a multiverse it's so people understand what multiverse is. You yeah. know, uh, there's no consequences for what happened in Loki. There's references of what if, but nothing that happened there determines what happens in Doctor Strange 2. It's just like, oh, I recognize those characters from that. Yeah. You know? and, and without getting too in the, into the, the actual review itself or any of those mm-hmm. type of things anyway, or spoilers. But like there is a mention of Far From Home here. And it kind of almost doesn't even match up, which is bizarre because they did reshoots and everything else where they purposely tried to to match everything up with all of the stuff that had to precede it based on the order in which all these things had to come out or how they reconfigured it after things got pushed back or had issues or things like that. Shane, where do you sit with all this? Oh, man, I think I agreed with something you said at the top. To me, this sets up the Disney Plus shows more than the movie universe. Yeah. They try to loosely connect some of the content, but I feel like on the movie side, 
there's no connective tissue between the movies. Like there's right. no flowing, there's no flowing one into the other. They could be standalone movies and be fine. Right. I've enjoyed most of the Disney Plus shows, to be honest with you. Sure. And like I said, Black um, Winter Soldier bleeds in the Black Widow. Black Widow has a teaser for Hawkeye, which was kind of cool, you know. Right. And then WandaVision bleeds into Doctor Strange too. Other than that, there's nothing connecting this Phase Four. I just think they're they're captaining a a ship that they don't know what direction they want to go in at the moment. And right. you know, I thought Loki sets up supposedly the big bad for Phase Four and Kang the Conqueror. Sure. Which is supposed to bleed into Ant Man, right? But I'm curious to how they're going to circle all these shows and movies around to make it one heartbeat as opposed to all these different shows connected different movies that aren't connecting to each other so it becomes a jumbled mess and i disagree with chris at the top and i don't want to get into an argument but they already had a vision with iron man because they teased the avengers at the end of iron man so at least they had sure. a vision going ahead. We shoot. we're still going ahead though so I enjoy the shows in Moon, like take Moon Knight. And I won't get into it because I, I wrote five letters. I don't give a crap about Moon Knight. To me, it connected to nothing in phase four at all. Sure. And I love that character growing up collecting comics. And I was so looking forward to coming out. And it was probably my, my most disappointed show I've seen. And I'll go on record moving forward. If Disney Plus and the MCU fumble the ball on Daredevil season four, I'm cutting cords and walking away. I'm walking away <laughs> from the whole thing. Well, I'll tell you, and, and I don't want to conflate too much because there's enough to talk about already, but uh, one of my biggest fears when Disney took over uh, Marvel, because remember when the MCU movies first started, like Iron Man and all those, they, those were not Disney movies. Disney took over around Iron Man 2 or 3, somewhere around there. Something like that. Um, and that's when everything started to really kind of take off and go in different directions and have this larger planned out thing. Um, but my fear was is that they were going to kind of neuter it a little bit and then and kind of do what they did to Star Wars. And we're all seeing where Star Wars is going and how the movie suffered there and then some of these shows like the book of Boba Fett kind of sucked and things like that. So I'm really trying to see if all what Disney is doing is diluting these franchises to where a big fan like myself ends up not caring or getting turned off in, in parts while these are going on. I, I I'm already feeling that I felt that watching the Eternals. I felt that watching Dr. Like I don't give a crap about phase four. I really don't. And the fact that they're already talking about adding the mutants to this world, like how, like I just think it's going to get just messier. I just think there's there's too much. Like I just think there's too much. I'm getting tired of it. Yeah, I was hoping that like the Disney Plus shows were going to kind of connect their own storyline, and then the MCU was going to continue to operate where they were going to kind of connect their own storyline, and then see where that goes. Because if you look at them right now. There are show, Disney Plus shows that kind of lean towards multiverse and other uh, type of things that are more mystical. And then there's the ground level stuff with Julia Louise Dreyfus kind of like worming her way through a lot of the, you know, the Hawkeye, Black Widow kind of, you know, super soldier stuff and, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And 
that seems to be another part of all this where that seems more like Secret Wars stuff going on or or things that we're all going to tip off with that. So it feels like disjointed or connecting multiple storylines and I don't know which one is going to prevail or which one I should care about the most or if I should not care about them at all and just let them all just kind of go or like you said Shane I'm at a point now where they lost momentum with me with Moon Knight for sure Uh, I didn't care about it at all I thought it had one really good episode in episode two and the rest was boring and also like you said if there's no tie then I really don't care and then now with this movie uh, which uh, we've kind of all talked amongst ourselves, um, being a lesser than MCU. We'll get to the specifics of all that, maybe. That's when people start looking around. They start looking at, well, Eternals didn't do well, like with, with Critical and with fans, for the most part. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Loki, like that run, middling success. At best, I think, with people. I I personally love Loki the most out of that. I know a lot of people love WandaVision. um, But it's it's kind of a a mixed bag. And cinematically, like, if you go Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, and now Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, poof, that's that's maybe two out of five. Uh, So that are quality and that I actually may have rewatchable value. So... I don't think this phase is doing enough for me at this point where, you know, they're lucky that they're like putting all this stuff together so closely because I'm going to turn around and go, yeah, that sucked. What's coming out next week? Uh, Because, and I'm not too far off because Thor Love and Thunder is what? Not even two months away. Right. 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 So, and then I don't know if, do they have a release date on She-Hulk yet? I know that was kind of the next no. one there too. I think and it's then, still up in the air. And then Black Panther is the fall, right? Yeah. I kept on yep. seeing 2023. I didn't November. I didn't see the new date. Yeah. I th- I thought it was still in 2022, I think. Yeah, like in the fall November slot that they tend to have uh yeah. like Eternals was the year before. But even still like what of those makes me kind of push towards this next big thing I'm looking forward to. Like, Spider-Man was that for everybody. And in between, yeah. we're all just kind of going, where are we? What are we doing? What What does this mean when we introduce this fan service thing? You know, like the, like the end of Eternals. What are we doing with that now? Like, these things mean something for like a minute yeah. just to kind of tease the fans. And then... It's going to mean something when, because based on this large 10-year plan or whatever they got going, God, what am I going to wait? Like three, look at Doctor Strange. The last Doctor Strange movie is 2016. It took six years to get a Doctor Strange sequel, you know? So what does that mean now? And, And the same thing with Black Panther. It took so long. I just think phase four is introductions to concepts and characters you're introduced to yelena who's the uh, successor of the black widow program uh of the black widow we know you have uh valentina who's recruiting her own group of people you know Mm -hmm. she kind of manipulates uh yelena and thinking hawkeye was the reason why her sister got killed and she's uh got the u.s agent and we're introduced to a concept of multiverses. You know, we're we're believed that in WandaVision, she created a pocket 
of a different universe uh, with her powers. And then uh, Loki uh, introduces the concept of uh, people regulating this concept of a multiverse that, you know, you can divert from a certain path that you're destined to to go to and they yeah, the TVA, write it yeah. yeah the tva and uh yeah even uh even spider-man no way home is introducing the multiverse and it's like just bashing you over the head like hey guess what this is a concept but yeah. uh give you an idea of what it is could be summed up in a sentence or two of exposition sure. so i don't know that's that's the only through line that i've noticed uh so far but yeah and I do feel bad for them a little bit in the sense of the continuity that they wanted did not work um, because they didn't want to lead with WandaVision, even though I think in retrospect, it kind of helps um, mm-hmm. where it was. Um, but, you know, leading with WandaVision wasn't their their idea. Black Widow kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Um, this movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Thor Love and Thunder were all shot at the same time in different locations. And yet, you know, obviously the order of all these things gets flipped around all the time. I know in particular, this movie was supposed to come out before Spider-Man No Way Home. And then because of the flip-flop, there had to be massive reshoots uh, on Doctor Strange. And we'll even get into further issues that that movie had uh, when we get into the movie itself. But... Yeah, I think there's a lot of problems of where they are right now. Shane, I also have a thing I said to Chris, too, and maybe to you as well. They're playing in things that I don't think work well, at least in comic book movies or as a whole. It has to be really good to make it work, but between multiverse and dealing with like gods and things like that don't work as well in in the Marvel Universe. And, and in a lot of properties, a lot of comic book properties that get made into movies and, and TV shows, and we're seeing it right now. Moon Knight didn't work. They're playing with the gods. The Eternals didn't work. They're playing with the gods. And then all the multiverse stuff, you know, uh, WandaVision touched into it, but it was a more personal story. And then this one is kind of, you know, messy in that in that follow-up to that story. Do you think the Marvel uh, Phase 4 is messy because they're playing in these realms. I, I do. They have, they have, and I, I, I agree with your point that I think the whole virus outbreak and everything getting pushed back kind of messed up their flow and the rhythm of how they wanted to put movies out and connect movies to each other. But you're right. It all becomes not confusing, but just like, yeah, you got too many things going on, yeah. but I agree. I think Loki I think Loki was the most pivotal show that sets up the actual multiverse. Because WandaVision played around with setting up a separate reality that she created. Right. But it was Loki to me that kicked off the whole timeline splinters and there now there's multiverses wrapped up. It, it, to me, it, yeah, there's just too much going on, especially with Thor coming out. You know, we see, I don't know, we see Zeus in the trailer and I'm like, okay, all right. Like, it, it is just too <laughs> yeah. much going on. And, you know, and then I hate reading stuff after a movie comes out. Like, well, the Egyptian gods debunks this uh, theory from Avengers Infinity War. I'm like, they're, yeah, at this point, yeah. they just Ignore got. Ignore those. Yeah, they got too many things going on right now. Sure. I, I, it's It's a big mess. But I will say for the most part, 
I am enjoying the show side of things rather than the theatrical releases are putting out. Which is the interesting thing about this phase as well. And part of it, again, is just bad luck. But this is the phase of all their stars leaving, too, which I think is also part of that. Because now if I'm sitting here going, is Doctor Strange the, quote, like, replacement Tony Stark? Uh, You know, is that his role in this going forward? Is, uh, you know, any of these other properties, whether it's X-Men, Fantastic Four, any of these other ones going to mean more than than him later on? Um, You know, we're all getting bits and and tastes of all this. And oh, by the way, you know, the Chadwick Boseman passing away really did kind of take away some options that they had, as well as obviously losing a massive, talented star in the process. So even what they may have thought, it's almost like, like imagine such a massive universe. Imagine if that was like Christopher Nolan, where, you know, when Heath Ledger dies and you're like, what do I do with part three? Imagine you're like, well, what do I do with five years, 10 years of planning? You know, there's so many things that can get knocked out uh, in this universe. And you're seeing it all kind of happen, you know, between no Chris Evans, no Robert Downey Jr., you know, no Chadwick Boseman, you know, just and no Scarlett uh, Johansson. A lot of stuff going on, guys. And and Chris, where do you how do you think that's affecting where we are in this moment? I think, uh, you know, Kevin Feige and everyone at Marvel uh, have to think quickly on their feet mm-hmm. and all those obstacles thrown their way. It kind of makes them quick in the process. Yeah. And I think sometimes it, it kind of like, you know, makes the product not as good as they once planned. You know, having deaths, having contracts up, having all that thrown into flux, you are kind of forced to veer to lesser stories. Right. And maybe, you know, maybe Chadwick did have a bigger part in the phase four and now they're scrambling to make up for that absence. Sure. Shane, what do you think? Yeah. I would like to say I think I think we are seeing the beginning of the end of the MCU theatrical universe. I really Shut do. Your mouth. Mm. Based on everything you said, but also this is the last Guardians movie we're getting. Yeah. This is probably the last Thor movie we're getting. So do I really want to see Nellie Portman in a separate Thor movie? Uh no, I don't. So what are they thinking on Tom Holland carrying this? And he's already three movies in. Like, how long are we going to care about the the Spider-Man universe? Like, to me, there's no flagship franchise coming up on the rear of what they already established. So for me, it's going to make me care less. I really do think this is a signal of the beginning of the end. I think they're going to shift more towards the TV side of things because they could tie a lot more stuff together, especially when they start incorporating the Punisher and Daredevil and all these other street-level characters, that's where I think they're going to go. I truly don't believe they can carry this much longer. Well, there's also one big thing about this movie that we watched that we're going to cover today is the America Chavez part of this and how everything's leading towards the Young Avengers. So there's that aspect, too, where, you know, if I already didn't feel old from turning 40 over the weekend, now (laughs) I got to stare in the face like, oh, we're going to pivot to all these kind of like teenage and 20 ish year old characters 
that are now going to rise to prominence. Is that going to happen on the TV side? Is it eventually going to bleed into the cinematic stuff? Because now we're we're entering that phase with uh, Doctor Strange 2 here. Or how is this all going to coalesce? Because we got things like She-Hulk and other things coming down the pike, which are all going to meld together. It's getting it's getting pretty crowded. It's getting pretty weird. Uh, and like I, I said, like, you know, I don't know if we're aging out or whether it's, you know, uh, any of the factors of what we just said, lack of stars, weird timeline shifts. Um, it seems like everybody's on a different mission. And all we got to do is just wait to the end credit to go. All right, I guess we're heading in this direction, you know, and then yeah. go from there. So it's hard to see Feige's vision, even with the titles that they put out there, you know, when they're in CinemaCon or anything else. But it's tough, uh, especially at this moment when the three of us are kind of like, I was disappointed in Moon Knight. This one we'll get to. And then where do we go from here? So after this break, I think we're finally, sorry, everybody. Long-winded way to get into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family i swear i talk more in the episodes all right fellas let's jump into the non-spoiler section of dr strange in the multiverse of madness which came out over the weekend chris and i went to go see us again uh holding hands and sharing mm-hmm. po- uh popcorn uh if you can imagine the two straw one cup thing you know very lady in the tramp it was a romantic evening as always it was um and amazingly, you know, this movie is kind of a miracle that it even makes any sense at all. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's already one that if you read the synopsis, you kind of go, "Huh? Did I watch the same movie?" Because um, when I did read it, it says Doctor Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens the doorway to the multiverse, including alternate versions of himself whose threat to humanity is too great for the combined forces of Strange, Wong, and Wanda Maximoff. That kind of mischaracterizes how the movie actually works, or the mechanics of it. It maybe gets you to the first five minutes, (laughs) Um, but it doesn't really get you to kind of understanding this movie. But it does show you, even from the synopsis, that we're dealing with stuff you have to remember from Doctor Strange six years ago. There's stuff you have to remember from WandaVision because they literally shot this movie a week after WandaVision wrapped <laughs> and to yeah. show you where we are in all the timeline too. And then of course, you know, talking about Wong and where he is in this point too. Like, oh, right. You know, Strange isn't even the the you know sorcerer supreme in this current scenario like there's so many things where i'm like oh yeah the, from that other thing and it just it ties in no way home there's so many things that they had to they had to reshoot and oh by the way this movie was not supposed to be done by sam raimi or michael waldron 
who is the Loki writer crea- uh, writer creator who ended up rewriting uh, the script from uh, C. Robert Cargill, and I believe there was another writer attached as well. But the original, uh, Scott Derrickson, who is the director of Doctor Strange, um, and C. Robert Cargill's uh, script to go along with that because he was the original writer of Doctor Strange, they left the project over, uh, you know, uh, creative differences is how they kind of characterized it. They're all like, oh, there's no animosity. And they debunked these theories about them going too hard into the horror genre or any of these other things. Um, meanwhile, then they hire Sam Raimi. So they kind of <laughs> went like, do you think we would do that if you didn't want horror? Um, but instead, those guys left and went and made uh, Black Phone, which I'm very much looking forward to instead. But here we are. This is uh, a movie that... As as Chris said when when we kind of left the theater, I was like, "So on season two of Wandavision, we get yeah. Doctor Strange to come in here, Shane." Because I know a lot of Chris's thoughts. I'll start with you. Did you have that kind of feeling too? Did you feel like this movie kind of was in the middle of something, even though this movie is a sequel to a movie from six years ago? My first note, and I can show you this, was Wandavision season two. Ah, uh, I love that you, was. Man. <laughs> that was the first note I wrote down for my thoughts on Doctor Strange. I was actually really looking forward to this movie just based on the trailer. I saw the first trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm a Sam Raimi fan. L- let's do this, okay? And then <laughs> and then we get WandaVision season two. And the writing was, was sloppy. It was moronic at times. I thought the CGI was kind of all over the place. Yeah. I did not like the main driving point. I didn't like most of the characters. We'll we'll get into the the spoilers. I didn't even like the the GD surprise cameo scenes that we got in this movie. Sure, I sure. did not care. And at the end of this movie, I thought to myself, "God, please God, if there's a God in heaven, <laughs> I don't want to see Doctor Strange three. Can we just let this die on the floor?" It was all over the place for me, but. I was shocked at the plot point in, in the meaning the the main driving force in this movie being Wanda and a continuation of season one. Uh, it what to me it didn't feel like a Doctor Strange movie at all. Right. Uh, and we'll get into the characters they introduce. I didn't like any of them at all. At all. Yeah. Uh I oh God. I'm getting now I'm getting worked up because I can't <laughs> my thoughts here. This was a terrible. This was a terrible letdown for me. Uh, it, when we discuss certain scenes, I have notes written for those that I thought were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, I was totally let down. I wanted to see Doctor Strange 2, not WandaVision season two. Yeah, I I thought this movie didn't have any flow, and I wonder so much about the transition of when the old ideas died and how much influence Sam Raimi actually had. Because this is a movie where, you know, even if you just told me about the Sam Raimi part of it and the fact that the MCU gets to be in the horror genre, which this movie is listed under, I'd be like, excellent, sign me up. But what I ended up getting was about a 20 minute stretch, maybe 30 of where I thought, Oh, Sam Raimi did direct this movie. And then the rest of the movie was a patchwork copy and paste job, reshoot job, 
to kind of either dive into fan service or uh, trying to push along other agendas that really didn't have anything to do with Doctor Strange. And then it also reminded me of, oh, right. I didn't like the first Doctor Strange that much for certain reasons as well. And that anything that kind of carries over, I go, all right, well, I didn't really care about it when that was happening, let alone six years from now. Um, Chris, where did you sit uh, with this movie as well, just in general terms? Uh, I'm with you. I, I think uh, you and I stand alone when we weren't really impressed with the first Doctor Strange, but... You know, I think overall, I thought this was going to just expand on, yes, WandaVision season two. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. WandaVision, <laughs> period. Uh-huh. You guys got it in my head. That's it's know. season two. <laughs> um, that it's expanding on that concept of, uh, of the power that Wanda has. And it's going to continue that. But it kind of went elsewhere. It, it went with that concept, but it... It went its own way. I'm enjoying, or I'm trying to enjoy what I see, but you know, like you guys were saying with the CGI, it's like all over the place. The opening sequence reminded me of Spy Kids, and you're yeah. you're Marvel. You shouldn't remind me of a low budget Robert Rodriguez uh, vehicle. Watch your mouth. I'm just, <laughs> you know, you. There's a what's, difference. What's, yeah, Whether you can enjoy those teasing. two things, there is yes. a difference in quality oh, of I'm some of those things that they post uh, pull off. And and but, to, yeah. to add even further, Chris, uh, when there's an initial fight when we first see America Chavez, um, that fight, a lot of times I was like, is this Sam Raimi's Spider-Man? Like 20-year-old right. graphics? Because there's some... I don't know if it's because they mixed in practical or not, but some of the like stuff against the building and everything and the matting that they yes. did, it very much looked reminiscent of when the you know, goblin some comes of, in. The goblin fights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um I was like I was half waiting for Macy Gray to come out. Um <laughs> I, I didn't know what year it was and, and now I don't even know what universe we're in. So there's a whole lot of things that uh made me not cringe, but just go woof. What happened here? I really want like a a fully detailed like where things stopped and started, what they reshot, how much, you know, is Raimi? Did they shoot things with the previous director? There's so many things that I want to know. And I thought the Sam Raimi pick was kind of inspired, um, you know, because, you know, Kevin Feige and him have a relationship that dates back to Spider-Man. Um, you know, he, Kevin Feige was the production manager, the executive in charge of production on Spider-Man back in O2. And, you know, Sam Raimi taught him a lot of what is important about comic book movies to help him shape what became the MCU. So to get this, it was very deflating when you take all that into consideration on top of the fact that I am a fan of Sam Raimi and for this to be his first movie in nine years, when his last movie was dreadful, um, which was Oz the Great and Powerful, yeah, uh, woof, buddy, like uh, I, I did, I felt bad because when I see what his specific style when it crops up in the movie, I go, hell yeah, that is exactly what I wanted out of this movie, and unfortunately. The whole first half of this movie, I was like, I don't know what he's responsible for, 
and I honestly don't care. And I even said to you, Chris, and you said the same thing. I was falling asleep. And this movie started at 830 at night and I'm a night owl. You failed uh, to entertain Uh, me or keep me in the loop. It was supposed to start at 830, but it started at nine after a half an hour of previews. Yeah, yeah. I I know. I knew where you were going. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I know. And that's a whole separate conversation. We could probably do an episode on uh, the state of movie theaters at another point. But yeah, I, I... once we got into it, I felt like I was already in the middle of something that I should know that I didn't. And then once it all ties in, uh, you know, between the multiverse theory, where Wanda fits into it, uh, the gambit that they present with that. Um, yeah, it really relied on so many different properties besides just strange and the last movie or even the last show that I felt like I had to retain so much knowledge or go back. I My big thing when I heard about how this was all going to shake out with the shows and the movies was I don't want homework. And I think Chris, you said uh, a similar thing when we were talking outside, I don't want to have to go back through a bunch of different stuff or look for recap videos online when I consume all this stuff, and now you're making me go back and consume it again just to, to refresh myself, I struggle with that. Shane, do you struggle with kind of like where we sit with that, where we all have to remember everything that's going on from all these other projects? You know, honestly, up until this movie, I, I really didn't. <laughs> yeah. But this sure. movie, like you said, just threw everything in such a disarray. Where I had to go, I did. I had to. I had to go back and like, okay, this happened. Okay, what did he do? Like, I just had to like recap a bunch of stuff. And I don't like you said. I don't want to do that. Right. I shouldn't have to do that at all with any of these properties. Yeah. And this one again, it was so disjointed. It makes me mad. It makes me angry <laughs> that they fumbled yeah. this movie so much. Ugh. And we'll, well you know. I- Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. We'll, we'll get into cringe-worthy moments when we talk spoilers because I have one that I almost got up and walked out of the theater. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, to me, I like I mentioned the whole flow issue, and I think part of what you were saying is part of that. I felt like there was a constant reset going on in this movie all the time because they either had to reintroduce things that I was like, "Oh, right, this matters to him." As a, as a central character. I actually felt bad for Strange, honestly, and Benedict Cumberbatch this entire movie because it felt like he just had to be the quarterback where the play just kept changing and audibling all the time. And so he just had to go, oh, right, Wanda is entering the picture. This is where she's at. This is what she cares about. Oh, by the way, this is the Benedict Wong side. Let's address that and let's update ourselves on that. Oh, by the way, this is the remnants of what happened six years ago with Strange's relationship to these people, you know, and then going forward, here's America Chavez. How much do we need to know? I hope not a whole lot because she's here and we're not going to get too much more because there's so many other characters and plot lines that they have to serve that, again, constant start and stop. We have multiple books in this movie, for Christ's sakes, guys. I know it's Sam Raimi, and he loves his books, his cursed books. But do we need all the different sides? I felt like I was getting the entire uh, Infinity Saga, almost like if it was compressed into one movie uh, and just being completely overwhelmed at times about the information. And 
honestly, I, I the last half of this movie pulled it out of being like this is the worst MCU. I was I was ready to have that conversation that this is the worst MCU movie. Then the second half happened, and I was like, okay, at least there's more entertainment value here, uh, and less exposi- uh, exposition and kind of this a lot of the issues that was there, and it just let Raimi cook. But man, even at the end of it, I was just like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Chris, do you have any any other more general thoughts before we get into spoilers? I I will say. When we left and we had our heated discussion at times. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to that guy who I flipped his car. I was very, uh, very distraught. Uh, you know, I, I was impressed. <laughs> I I really I'm glad I covered for you. And I said, I don't know, man. A gust of wind. Too? Who knows? Yeah, um, they're like 30 miles an hour that night, I think. <laughs> but uh, just I, I think I I see this movie a little more favorably than you. Yeah. Do. Yeah, but, that's why I'm surprised you're coming out with uh, a lot more of the negativity. I think I'm sucking you in, and maybe Shane is too. That so. was the thing. I just let you Give me go. the positives, because I, I my the positives, positives is basically are... like a 30-minute stretch where I was like, Sam Raimi directed this movie, and everything else confused me. Where do you sit with the positives? Well, that's what I, uh, I was going to get to, is the Sam Raimi-ness of it is what I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that they uh they took chances on yeah. this movie that they didn't in prior movies mm-hmm. and even in the other phase 4 i don't know tv shows movies whatever you want to say the other content content yeah content yeah. Uh-huh. um so you know i i really did get a kick out of uh some of the visuals but yeah, it like Shane said, it was all over the place uh, visually. It was, it, it looked cheesy at points. It looked real good at others, but overall, it was it. You know, like we've all been saying, it it was disjointed. Um, yeah. And I guess yes, you asked me to say positive, but um, <laughs> I was positive that it was disjointed. No. Um, <laughs> sure no overall i i love sammy's uh, uh sam raimi's direction uh, and yeah i think maybe he was like put into the director's chair maybe a little too late that he had to make with what he was given yeah but overall and i'll give a score later if we're doing scores but i i reiterate i've probably given this movie more of a fair shake than either of you two I was trying to think of some positives real quick. Sorry. And by the time we got to the positives, I just wanted the movie to be over. I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> yeah. I was so tired I at that it. point. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool, but we've been at this for like an hour and 50 minutes now. Can we just wrap this up? Can we just get this over with? Yeah. Because I'm tired. Which is two two points about that, Shane. One, we're saying this about literally one of the shortest MCU movies I've been in right. a while because it was like two hours and five minutes. And, you know, which obviously, as Chris alluded to, with 30 minutes of whatever beforehand, every movie is yeah. going to seem even longer. But to me, that movie went through what I heard was a massive edit where the original cut was like 240. Uh, they cut like a half hour out of the movie, which, you know, 
I get a lot of the, the the original cuts are very long. There's a story about uh, the original Black Panther cut was four hours, so those things can get overblown real quick. So I don't want to be like, hey, the re- the rest of the good parts of the movie are all in the cutting room floor. Right. I don't want to go down that lane, but it does speak to also the part that I've seen a bunch of interviews where Sam Raimi's kind of like disavowing himself from his own movie, kind of like just backing oh. off, being like, well. I was entered in at this point and you know we did the best we could and all the reshoots from far from home kind of played a factor and yada yada so all the masters they're serving is it's just too much and even too much for a a legend like sam raimi uh to deal with and you know he brought all his toys man he brought danny elfman in (laughs) to compose this movie he brought in bruce campbell (laughs) for a cameo uh, I, which I heard was like actually a more reduced role than what Raimi actually wanted. But even still, it was kind of a fun sequence. At least I could go with that. The uh, the things I will say before I get to the scores is I really want to harp on the fact that the horror genre thing is way overblown. And for anyone who's like, no, this movie was scary. This movie was, you know, terrifying or whatever. Like... They, they, you could clearly tell they pulled back on the blood on a lot of these yeah. things, too. There were a lot of things where I was just like, they could have gone harder into that. Um, but like I said, if we're sticking to the positives, when Raimi got to be, you know, more spooky, gothic horror kind of yeah. into that lane, I was all about it. And that was the only time that I sat up and was like, oh, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the movie here. Um, Critical scores real quick, uh, and then maybe we'll get into spoilers from there. Um, 7.5 on IMDb, yeah, a 62 meta score, 75% tomato meter, which can be a little deceiving because the average score that those critics gave were like in the six point something range. So even though tomato meter shows you the positive rates like positive versus negative it was 75 yeah. percent positive but those positives were barely above like that mid-range um and then the audience score for tomato uh rotten tomatoes was 87 percent, which i think is wild that is just diluted mcu fans at that point no offense if you like the movie uh actually maybe it's probably a little bit but <laughs> i'm i'm really uh you know Kind of no, I would I would agree with that. that. I mean, th- there are those with blinders on, uh, yeah. as I've been accused of. All right, so that's the scores across the board, and you can obviously see, you know, there's kind of a, a separation between what the critics thought and maybe what the audience thought uh, after all this, uh, and maybe there's a little bit of a separation. I like to think of us as three critics, so I will start <laughs> with Shane. Uh, what would you give this, let's say... Out of the five star rating, what would you give this movie? I begrudgingly, and I mean that in all seriousness, I begrudgingly gave it a two point five. Yeah, um, I will have to say I am around the same. I because I think it's just too incoherent, too sloppy, and uh, serving too many masters for me to probably elevate it. Maybe on my best, clearest, nicest day, I would get it two or three. But, man, I feel weird about that. Because um, the thing about MCU movies, right, is that there's such a high floor. Like, I can even point to things I liked in 
uh, the you know Thor: The Dark World. You know, right. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I would say like there are things that made me smile where I don't just you know viciously just cut it down. Um, and this movie feels similar. It's lower tier MCU, but what does that mean? You know, was I still not entertained? You know, how does that work out? So yeah, I'm probably around the same shade. You're talking yourself up to two and a half. I'm probably at two and a half going. Am I being too hard on it? Chris, where are you? I, I, I'm a little more than you guys. I would say three out of five. Okay. Uh, only because, and and people can't see this, but Shane is shaking his head. Um, yeah. I say three out of five only because of Raimi's influence. Uh, other than that, uh, all our hangups with it is what kind of brings it low. Yeah. Uh, I, I started off with a two and a half, but, you know, talking about it, getting it out, uh, not just with you guys, but with, uh, you know, other people who've seen it, I, I, there's more that I liked than I didn't like, but overall, Mr. Marvel, that <laughs> is a low score that, I mean, for me, it's sh- having a title of Mr. Marvel, you think everything would be 3.5 and higher, but you know, I, I can also look at it as a true fan, and I can look at it critically. Yeah. Uh, so I, it it inches up a little bit more from where you guys stand at a three point five at three out of five. Yeah, I'm I'm actually blown away by the fact that Letterbox sits at three and a half because that's more usually the discerning taste, something closer to mine. The fact that it's that high is just wow to me. Right. Um, yeah. So if you want to know more of the details of why we had those scores stick around for the spoiler section, cause we're about to get into it. Uh, cause there's just so much here between the cameos, the end credits, you know how the MCU works. So right after this, we will get into our spoiler section. Hello there. General McMillan. I was expecting a podcaster of your abilities to be a little older. Anders, you're shorter than I expected. No need to be so uncivilized. I'm Anders. That's Colleen. Join us along with our co-hosts, Daniel and Flo, for yet another Star Wars podcast. Because the internet can never have enough nerds talking about Star Wars. This season, we're headed, hopefully briefly, back again to the edges of Tatooine's Dune Sea to explore the new series Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll search our feelings for what we know is true, that changing your first name from Obi-Wan to Ben is the most effective cover story in the history of the galaxy. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get you podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, this is the spoiler section for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And boy, was it in the madness because (laughs) there are so many things where I felt utter confusion. And one of the things that Shane kind of teased in the non-spoiler section was there was a scene in which you almost walked out. So I kind of want to know... Maybe if you can uh, elaborate on your on your point of where you sit with this movie and then kind of walk us into what you were thinking in that big scene that you, you didn't get to discuss in the last section. Okay. So, uh, like you said, you went into a, like, is this a horror film or not kind of movie? Yeah. And it's totally not. And we'll all circle back to discuss the whole Illuminati scene, which they could have really went for the horror element there, and they took their foot off the pedal. 
But yeah. the, the the whole scene that made me almost walk out of the theater and I'm censoring my shit, uh, censoring myself <laughs> because you know, is when the two Doctor Stranges have their whole fight scene at the end, and one of them started throwing musical notes at the other one. I'm like, are they really fighting with musical notes? I really thought I'd see a bunch of dancing mops and mop buckets <laughs> walk through the screen because I thought it was a scene from freaking Fantasia 2 or something like that. I It made me sick to my stomach. Musical <laughs> notes, people, they're taking them off the sheets of music and throwing them like ninja stars at each other. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing that he, they could have used in that entire scene. It made I, I literally almost being two hours in, I almost like I wanted to walk out. If I didn't have my kids in the theater, I would have walked out of it right then and there. And the sad part, Shane, is that for all the, the positives that I wasn't really able to maybe elaborate on, the one positive that I did write down was from the Steven versus Steven to zombie Steven stuff like that whole chunk was my favorite part of the movie because it felt the most Raimi. Like, yeah, regardless of whether what the <laughs> what the hell they're throwing at each other or however it works, that sequence of like where it actually gets like the, those like demons coming out and attacking people and doing that, like to me, that is straight up Raimi. Drag me to hell. Yeah, was what I, I was I, thinking. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's a little. It's a obviously there are a lot of Army of Darkness kind of stuff that comes yeah. through, especially with the books and everything else. But it also had almost like a like a Harry Potter influence a little bit with some of those demons that come out, like those shadowy kind of demons that work on people too. But like, obviously a more ramped up version because this is not Harry Potter. Um, but yeah, there, I, I, I perked up in that sequence, but I will agree with you that of all the choices made in that sequence. Yeah, that is uh very dumb. Although my eye roll moment, because it happened before, actually, I thought the movie kicked in, uh, was the memory lane dumb yep. exposition sequence where they're looking in their you know past memories and everything. Um, but and, and one of the things that came out of that was the only brief little backstory you get of uh, America Chavez, which, of course, is now, I don't want to say legendary, but it was a big note because Saudi Arabia didn't allow this movie right. to air in their theaters because her backstory included two women as her parents. And it's just, like, that's all we get? Like, and this is how you arrive at this? This is how we're doing it? I thought it was it's so lazy that it was insulting to how good the MCU is usually about doing this stuff. And especially when you have all these elements whether it be WandaVision, Spider-Man, anything else, and we still have lazy exposition in a in a movie that's two hours and six minutes, man, that is that is difficult to swallow. But the whole America Chavez thing, by the way, guys, and we can maybe start there too, Chris. Um, America Chavez, Dr. Christine Palmer, Mar Baron Mardo. There's a lot of people where it's like, hey, remember this? Or, hey, this is kind of important, but... It never pans. It never goes anywhere. It never satisfies. It's just like another thing to throw in there. And I think the worst of them, because it should mean more, is America Chavez. Because as we talked about, they're setting up these young Avengers. And if you want me to care about this one, they didn't do anything to serve their cause in this movie. What did you think about the whole America Chavez thing? 
I believe you you mean America MacGuffin. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. Much. She was just yeah. uh, uh, a reason to jump from multiverse to multiverse. But yeah. being the former Sorcerer Supreme, you think he would already have that as as his go to? Uh, like I can travel sure. any dimension. I for uh, I, you know, fought against uh, Dormammu on his uh, plane. Right. Um, but then uh, I guess you know, being blipped from existence or you know snapped, y- you got to get back into the swing of things. I guess. Um, I I did find it as I guess cringy as you did, Andrew, uh, with the uh, memory lane thing, Ugh. where it seemed like, are those just like random? Do you have to pay for that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know how does it specify what it what memory it gives you? You know, also, this say, is yeah, this is right on the street, Chris. Like, can you imagine if you're like, you just oh, there. look, it's this scene where it's of my life where uh, you know my uh, my ex girlfriend broke my heart and I started openly weeping. Oh, good, yeah. I'm glad this is right on Main Street. Yeah, where everybody's like, what is he looking at? Why is he crying? Um, you know, you know. You, do, <laughs> are you like frozen there? Do you have to stand there as long as the the memory is, or can you just say, you know what, this is not what I wanted. Let me step away. Sure. Like, it seemed pretty traumatic for her to lose both her moms through one of the portals that she made. Yeah, you know, and you're just um, going about your day. And you're like, yeah. ooh, look, look yeah. at this fun thing. It's like if you went in one of those like mall things that like take pictures of you yep. or whatever. Like you yep. just entered one of those, you sat down, and they're like, oh hey, instead of a picture, we're gonna show the worst moment of your life, and yeah. just we're, we'll take pictures of your sadness, and we're yeah. gonna charge you for it. It felt like yep. one of those like tchotchke mall things that it's like, yeah. wait, why is this a big element of this movie? <laughs> Shane, where where did you sit with the whole uh, America Chavez thing? Because I'll say one thing before you get to it. I don't think it's Xochitl Gomez's fault. I think she's uh, a good actress. I think she will probably do well in the role when maybe they give something for her to do. Because I thought the ending, she was a little bit better. But I think it was too little too late for that character. Yeah, I agree. And I totally forgot about that moment until you guys brought that up. Because I'm like, (laughs) oh. Here we go. It's like you said, like anyone who steps on there is going to get their worst childhood moment. It's going to be like jo- that Joe Dirt moment where his parents <laughs> just left them. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, and like what Chris said with the MacGuffin, it's like, OK, she can't use her powers the entire freaking movie until like the last scene of the movie. Here we go. All of a sudden, yeah. you harnessed how to use your powers. Yeah. And here you go. It, sure. it was just like you said, a vehicle to set up. God knows what that character annoyed me. I, I like she may be a fine actress. I couldn't stand her in this movie because they gave her nothing to do. It, it was just to move the plot yeah. forward. Yeah. And it was so typical that she couldn't do anything until the very last scene when they needed her to do something. And all of a sudden, here we go. She's doing it. I'm like, oh, God. Damn it. And on top of it, Chris, you you said it when we were in the theater, I think, even. Um, there's a scene early on where she's sitting down and talking to strange and maybe Wong as well or whatever, kind of explaining her situation. And she brings up, uh, they bring up Spider-Man. And it seemed yeah. like, wait, what? Did they just screw up No Way Home's ending a little bit? So you mentioned that with how Doctor Strange was like regaling something he should have forgotten. Well, that was the thing. Uh, they forget Peter Parker, but they remembered 
Spider-Man. But yeah, it's such a weird I, distinction. <laughs> I think with his, with the way they used, the way he came up in conversation, it was almost like, you know, I was around this kid more than he was Spider-Man. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because as you said, you have to remember back, you know, at the last movie, if that pertains to what I'm watching now. Right. You know, so I I think they may have like slipped up with that. Right. But again, as we said with phase four in total, my my problem is this. You have situations that are built up on the series as well as previous movies. Mm-hmm. And as Shane said, they go nowhere. Right. Uh, the sky opened up with other people from other universes in Spider-Man. Right. And yet, that's not the reason why we have multiverses in Doctor Strange 2. Right. This girl creates them. And the doesn't create nearly as big a mess as the Spider-Man universe. Right. And there's no stars. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but other than who's on the other side of those rifts. Um, but what happened in Loki doesn't pertain to the multiverse that happens here. Right. You're setting up a character that's not going to happen until Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. Yeah, maybe. We're maybe. Hoping. Yeah. yeah. You, who knows? They you know what it is, Chris? What's I, was, I was thinking about this when you were talking. It's it's that uh, part of Spaceballs where they're like, yeah. when will then be now? Soon. <laughs> Soon. I feel like that's all of Phase 4. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's just, when do all these cameos and end credit sequences, when does anything pay off? It's just a fan service parade that never ends and never materializes. We're well, how many, We're multiple years into this thing. Where are we? And the other thing that factors in is that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. And good job of protecting your uh, land there. Good job. Yeah. But uh, the last time we saw Wong was Shang-Chi. And they're going off on another adventure to find out where the Ten Rings are from. No, Wong's in No Way Home, right? Because doesn't he have to tell like Strange, like, don't do this shit? Yeah, he yeah. Didn't but what, what, what is that? What he came back from that trip? You know Apparently what I mean? Like that—that's what I mean. It's stuff like that that they're on their own thing. Nothing, no. nothing is connected, as as Shane said. And I thought, going back to fan service, I thought that whole Illuminati scene was nothing but fan service. I, I got over that scene in the first three minutes. And we'll talk about who was in the cameo, but I'm like, okay. Because it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything going forward. They could pull the old okie dokie on us. Like when we all thought Tom Hardy was in the Spider-Man universe. And nope, that didn't mean shit. Yeah. Oops, sorry. That didn't mean anything because now he's back in the Sony Spider-Verse. And yeah, I feel like the uh, R- Reed uh, Richards scene was that for me. I have, I have no faith he's going to be that character moving forward in the MCU. I thought that was nothing but fan service, and they're going to pull the rug out from under us again. Well, I mean, we're in the spoiler part, Shay. I mean, like, yeah. how can he be? Everybody gets killed, uh, which, by the way, Shout out to Patrick Stewart, who has been killed so many times in various Marvel movies, whether part of the MCU or not. Um, They just love killing this guy when he's (laughs) Professor X of any sort. Um, It's rough. Logan, even, you know, it's like, how many times does this guy have to die? Um, But 
You're right. I mean, because they're in a different universe, um, which, by the way, I guess we could get... I, I am so bored about the Earth 616 and where we are in the comics, what's labeled what. Stop. I don't give a shit. Just make it make sense. Um, <laughs> but the fact that they were in that particular universe where those guys exist and, and Strange is off the rails and everything else, like, and then they all die... They don't have to think about it again. They don't have to cast that thing again. Nope. That literally just served up, hey, here's an Inhumans joke, essentially. Here's here's a throwback-ish to what if. Here's uh, who people have been hoping would take over the Reed Richards thing or was uh, rumored to be for, for that. Yeah. And here's Patrick Stewart here. Um, to try to to try to drum up any kind of like you know member berries about X Men stuff gone gone away. So, and then obviously, oh, and I forget about the uh, what is it, Maria, uh, Maria Rambo, Rambo. Yeah. So, which you know, God, Lashana <laughs> Lynch, you are too good. I loved you in No Time to Die. You're an awesome actress. G- good paycheck for you. Great, but God, uh, nothing, nothing to do there. Um, and then obviously we can get into the end end, but Shane, did you have any last lingering things about the Illuminati thing? Like this scene could have been where they went all out horror and they, I thought they were going to go for it with the whole Peggy Carter being slashed in half scene. Sure. But they never committed to it. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. That would have been a great, (laughs) it probably would have freaked my son out, but that would have been a a great scene. This this is a ghost ship. Yeah, but this is why I I say like the MCU can only go so far, and it proved that in this movie that I, I know, they're not going to get into gore, they're not going to go hard in terms of any you know certain thematic elements or anything. These are made for families to enjoy, so unless they literally tell you up front this movie's rated R, you kind of know where the line is. With I know, MCU. and I should have known. And, that. I should have known that, but I was in, caught in the moment of the whole fight sequence, and I'm like, oh, man, okay, this yeah. is about to happen. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, all right. Speaking of positives, uh, or going back to positives, uh, <laughs> I did like Elizabeth Olsen's uh, interpretation of uh, Jack Torrance. You know, Yeah, the, the yeah. chase, I was just like, oh, wow, all she needs to have is an axe, you know? I, I, I've seen that mentioned too, Chris, and I uh, – I rolled because I was like, it is not anywhere near as tense. Uh, by no, any I know, I know, I know, but I heard it. Well, so I'll many tell times you that, I that last door, my, I'm just like, yeah. what's happening? What's going to happen there? Yeah, and said she um, played peekaboo, just went yeah. like around a corner that didn't exist or something. Um, exactly. Here's, I'm glad you brought up Wanda though, because I feel like we haven't really talked about her a lot in this, right? Because this is a continuation of you know where WandaVision ended, sort of. Sort of. To me, like, yeah, like the the beats are similar, but didn't they kind of like cap that one off a little bit? Where, but yeah, you see her with the book, but it doesn't really. Ha- it, I feel like there was a whole lot of momentum of that storyline going into it to where when the reveal happens or however it works, I didn't feel like that was as earned as maybe people thought it was. And even still, I felt like in this movie. God, I felt bad for Elizabeth Olsen because she is acting her ass off. She's probably some of the the better stuff in a in a movie that isn't very good. But they made her so one note, which takes away all the complexities of WandaVision. 
and just kind of throws it to the side. Shane, you're, you're kind of like wincing as I'm talking, so go ahead. No, because I agree with you. It was at the end of WandaVision, I thought she resolved most of those issues that she had. Sure, sure. she's kind of heartbroken and she may still have some motives to get her kids back, who, by the way, are the most two punchable kid actors I've ever seen on screen. One I of just them's wanted from to, Connecticut. You watch your mouth. I just wanted to like break their <laughs> face with my fist. But anyway, uh. I just felt her turn, which happened in the first five minutes in the movie, just wasn't earned. It felt out of character for her. And then she just, again, was totally just a one-note character from there on out. There yeah. was no full-circle character arc. There was really nothing going on. I'm like, yeah. okay. And Honestly, they did a good job hiding the fact that Wanda was the main uh, villain in this movie. I thought yeah. in your description that she would be part of the journey helping Dr. Strange out. I just felt, again, her issues with her kids and vision were pretty much over. And then we can carry on. And, and again, they just extended season one into two hours of her pining over her punchable kids. Wait a minute. Her, <laughs> her kids and who? Vision. 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 Oh yeah, the guy that she created a whole world from. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he goes disappears, and that's it for him. Yep. Apparently, he turns so. to white vision and goes away, and she's okay with that. But now she's tunnel vision for kids that she cre also created. Just create him again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting option. <laughs> you know you what know. I mean? Just like we could skip over. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange 2 all together and just get her kids. What do you guys think of the dream walking thing? Do you think that's going to keep coming up? How, like, is that because uh, now we're seeing, you know, him with the third eye and this influence of this book that is not there, but there might be more of them. I think they he, they killed them off in all the universes, the multi in the entire multiverse. They kind of mentioned something like that. I'm so confused with that. <laughs> Yeah, I was confused at that moment as well. Um, I didn't mind the whole dream walking sequences into the other universes to control avatars or whatever. That didn't right. really bother me. But the end of the movie, like you said, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it will discuss the post credit scene, which I was like, I don't give, I don't give a flying flip about this. Mm -hmm. um, me neither. And I, if you want to just address that now. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to go back in the Dormammu thing. We're going to like kind of head backwards where are we going like and is is the dark dimension going to become a bigger thing how many more things do we need to add for layers in the mcu chris like you kind of perked up when we watched yeah. it in the theater <laughs> because it, it just charlise theron looked good in that outfit isn't she that supposed to be paired <laughs> up with strange in like a positive way from the comic yeah in, in the comic books I, I think uh i think they're in a relationship they've been married Right. In it. Um I, I really don't know what it means. I, I just you know, I'm like, oh, it's it's not something we've seen before. Uh it's a new character. Uh I actually thought she was an eternal the way she was dressed. <laughs> sure. And I was like, Oh, yeah. hey, everything's tied together. But she's not. She's just, you know, a sorceress. Right. I, I, I try and grasp onto anything that might be positive. And she's too big of an actress for her not to count, right? I I, I think she wanted to, she wanted to do uh, a comic book movie. I think she. She's in she the old guard. A real comic book movie. Oh no. shit! 
Yeah. Throwing shade on Netflix right out the I, gate. Well, I was going to say, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, The Old Guard. That's a whole other side quest we could get. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I know. But anyways. They already uh, lost the same director from the first one. It's a whole thing. We'll see where that see, goes. But, see? Good going, Netflix. <laughs> but Shane, so where do you think that whole stands? And like you were saying, you don't really care. I don't but care. Do, like, I, I, do you okay. just get upset that like we just keep adding more logs on the fire, but we don't know when it's ever going to go out <laughs> or exactly. where it's going? When she popped up, I'm like, oh, that's Charlie Theron. Oh, and then when they, they, I'm like, are we, like you said, are we adding more of that character in the dark universe? Like I, at this point, no, I just want this to fall on the floor and be dead. I don't ever want to see Dr. Strange. Let Charlie Theron keep doing Fast and the Furious movies because she sold out about 10 years ago. Just (laughs) leave her be. Now she's in the MCU. I didn't even care enough to look that character up. That's how much I did not care about that character. Yeah, to me it didn't tie in. I was expecting to tie into another movie or another project, not another Doctor Strange possible three movie, which I don't want to see. It, it did nothing for me. That was the first. MCU. It might be for something else. Yeah, it did. That was the first post credit scene that did nothing for me. It didn't get me excited for anything down the road. It just made yeah. me more mad and upset. Yeah, I just shrugged it off, going, "Okay, yet another place." that we need to worry about with the dark dimension when we already don't know what we're doing in this movie that I just watched, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I just don't know anymore. And I think the multiverse thing is so messy, which is so funny. Cause again, a movie that I was really looking forward to this year, the second into the spider verse movie, they made it seem so easy <laughs> when, when they did that. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, uh, in a different episode, guys, uh, you know, our top five movies of the year, we all spoke very glowingly of everything, everywhere, all at once. And that goes, you know, multi-level and everything else and kind of keeps it on the ground with a certain set of values and characters that, you know, have a lot of heart attached to it and personality. This movie... I don't care about all that because either you took someone who had all that in WandaVision with Wanda and then kind of stripped away a lot of the humanity out of her uh, and and decided to use it at bits and pieces in this movie. Or you try to get it through Strange, which he's not that compelling of a, of a MCU character. Um, otherwise, you wouldn't need to drag a Wanda movie into a Dr. Strange movie um, to do this. It's kind of like what they did with Thor and a little bit how they did with Captain America, where I thought Captain America, the first Avenger was fine. But then once they realized, Oh, we can do so much more with the expanded parts of that and integrate all these other ideas. That's when winter soldier and, you know, civil war and all these other ideas and things like that got to enter in and bring a bunch of other characters in like the the whole winter soldier thing that was where black panther got in like there's a bunch of cool stuff and i think that's what they're trying to do with dr strange as a property but i i don't know and and same thing with like thor like ragnarok brings in the hulk and and some valkyrie and a bunch of other characters and let that ride sometimes when they do this it works I don't think this worked at all. Right. We're I think we're the three of us are in agreement. 
there are a lot of strands of spaghetti that they're throwing against the wall and they're hoping that they stick, but so far they're just throwing too random. They're not letting them cook long enough and another food analogy. So no, if, if all these characters <laughs> died in this movie, I wouldn't care. I would actually clap and give a standing ovation because yeah. it goes to your point. The only character I felt compassionate about was Wanda in her series. When she got involved in this movie, I didn't care about her. I didn't care about America Chavez. I didn't care about her kids. I didn't care about Dr. Strange. Right. I, I, Wong's okay. Like he's okay. Like I like him as kind of yeah. like a comic relief kind of sure. guy. Yeah. But like if they all would have just <laughs> died at the end of the <laughs> I actually would have been okay with it because they don't make you care about these characters at all. Strange is still a selfish prick, if you ask me. Kind of, well, yeah. and, and especially for a guy that kind of in the comics and a little bit in here is trying to fill in that Tony Stark role a little bit. And, you know, we don't know whether Reed Richards is supposed to do that at some point or, and strange takes a, a step back. This movie throws a lot of things in the air and I don't know what the heck's going on. Uh, does this kill a WandaVision season two? Does this uh, make Wanda perpetually tied in with strange to make future strange projects? I don't know anything anymore. And I think that really hurt certain properties and certain elements in the MCU. And oh, by the way, I don't know where multiverse theory or any of these other involvements go with any other character because we couldn't even carry the multiverse thing from far from uh, no way home to Dr. Strange too. So without fumbling or kind of, you know, mismanaging it or or not seeing some outcome on the other side. So uh I don't know if if we're going to have to wait for one division season 2, which I thought this was, to figure out what just happened here um or what's going to happen with Wanda, of course, and at least with those seasons we can start them with those recaps where it goes on the last, you know, we saw one division. Um I felt like that almost needed to happen before the beginning of this movie, um, which is sad because I don't like the conflating all these properties together. And it's only going to possibly get messier. But when we're looking at stuff coming up, guys, and I think we maybe we can put a button on it here. You know, we got Thor, Love and Thunder, She-Hulk, the Marvels, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I don't see where any of those has to do with anything we know thus far it seems like a lot of things that are all going to again be kind of one and dones and then maybe with the stinger on it being like eh you still with us <laughs> like where do you guys see phase four at least for the rest of the year uh shane we can start with you you know it's like you said i think at this point they marvel's kind of pigeonhole themselves to try to connect all these properties together i am perfectly okay with a standalone movie like or series yeah yes i am so looking forward to thor 4 if they screw this up i don't know i don't know how i'm going to be yeah. on the podcast I'll probably, <laughs> be a, I'll probably be a fifth deep in the vodka when we start recording because i am so looking forward to that movie and my guess is they'll tie that into guardians 3 possibly that's the only line i can see them possibly doing that yeah. and, setting, and yeah. setting up jane foster for her own ventures, which honestly I don't care about at this moment. 
I don't buy um, that though because no. Natalie Portman for so long didn't give a shit. If they recasted, maybe, but right. I don't buy it. But, but then, real quick, look at She Hulk. Like to me, like where are they going to tie that into? Because I don't see them tying that into anything really. To me, well, that to me, be... that's Young Avengers. That's okay. going to end up. Uh, so uh, help me out. Are we missing pieces from that equation? Uh, Chris, maybe you can help with this where it'll be Chavez. It'll be maybe Tom Holland leads that. Um, who who are the pieces? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking right uh, now. I was going to say, I think. Uh, Is the Wanda's uh, kids part of that too? Yes. Uh, Wiccan and the yes. speedster guy. Yeah, those two, uh, I believe, um, Miss Marvel is part of that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld is uh, Hawkeye. Right. Yeah. Yep. So is that that seems more like all those elements you kind of mentioned are all Disney Plus related? Are they kind of yeah. like maybe trying to set up like the CW situation where it's like. Let's uh, get like a young, hip, you know, collective here. Oh, and Ironheart too, right? Yeah. Ironheart, that's right. Riri. But that was it. So I figured maybe those shows will build up for, you know, another cinematic Avengers grouping, you know, where it will be the young Avengers. Yeah. And all the legacy With no films. stars. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. You just build it up again. You know, yeah. these you can have multiple contracts. You can have uh, some longevity with young actors. Yeah. Uh, but I think with the legacy films or TV or whatever you want to call them, like Black Panther, you got Thor, you got Guardians. Which that's they, a young crowd, too. I don't know if they're going to tie in because you're going forward with the siblings uh, in Wakanda more than obviously... Yeah where we left off previously that's well, one where i just i can't wait to find out what the synopsis for that is yeah or anything because sure uh the actress uh who plays sherry uh she's been in the news will she continue uh being in this will right. she not um for the stuff that she says she's always on the verge of being canceled uh mm. so it's just like you lost chadwick you may or may not lose her. Uh, I I don't know if it's going to be other characters within that world or that part of all this. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But I think <sighs> those films are probably going to be like a continuation of the first twenty three movies and uh, and their aftermath. Yeah. What? This could kind of be my clo clothing. Clothing, yeah, clothing, yeah, clothing, yeah, clothing. Closing <laughs> thoughts on this whole thing. And I'll echo this from what I said earlier. We've seen the peak of the MCU movie universe. I think it's over. Yeah. Unless yeah. they start making yeah. me care about these characters and these movies, which I don't right now, and I don't see me doing it. And I'll yeah. harken back to an old Kevin Smith podcast he did probably about six years ago. He said yeah. every run has its end. So eventually this yeah. is going to come to an end. And I believe, at least on the movie side, this is what we're seeing the decline of, even though Doctor Strange 2 killed it box office wise, I think we're seeing a decline in the movie side where I'm more attaching myself to the whole Disney Plus side, excluding, yeah. uh, excluding Moon Knight. We'll move past that. But outside of that, I'm looking forward to that and their projects coming up. This is the beginning yeah. of the end. Yeah, I think maybe or maybe the future is the TV side. 
Um, and maybe it doesn't include our age bracket for a while or doesn't uh, or, or goes back and forth. I don't know. They're, they're really trying to be a catch-all, and it's going to be an interesting uh, story moving forward because, as we've noted many times, I don't see where the momentum's going um, in terms of either leading to another big bad or even what universe we're all going to tell these stories in. So there's a lot of balls in the air, uh, but I think, my God, did we cover a lot of stuff today, guys, <laughs> and I think the people got what they wanted. This is a four-hour podcast. I know. Well, no, I think we actually did it in a pretty succinct way, guys. So I'm very proud of us uh, for covering a lot of that stuff, including Yay. teasing how much Moon Knight sucks. So uh, <laughs> a lot of that is good uh, to me. Um, we already gave our grades, so I think we're tied up there. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to coming up now? Because hopefully next week we're we're going to maybe do the summer movie preview Maybe catch up on some of our, quote, recent activity uh, with Ooh. things we got going on um, now that we're stepping out. Because it's a, it's a lesser week next week. If you guys give a shit, meaning the audience, if you guys give a shit about Firestarter, please see, seek help, maybe. Uh, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, we want to know. I'm actually going to go see that next week. I'm sure you oh, are. God. You know what, Peacock, I think it's going straight to Peacock, too, you know? Come no, on. I have the, I have a movie pass, so I'm going. You live a very strange life. I like Zac right? Efron, man. I like Zac Efron. What do you want to do about it? Oof, low bar. <laughs> Did you see gold? What a beautiful then ball. You I will say that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, okay, so that's kind of like what next week. We got a few movies, in the, and obviously a lot of them we'll talk about. But, man, my biggest fear, guys, is Memorial Day weekend. Holy hell, I was saying this to Chris. I don't even know where we're heading. We got Stranger Things first half dumps then. Top Gun Maverick comes out. Obi-Wan Kenobi first episode is out. And, and I'm probably forgetting something, but my God, isn't that enough? Uh, so woof. We'll, we'll try to cover it all because that's our little uh, our little slogan. They every film, every show all at once. But oh, yeah. that's going to push the we'll limit. So then. yeah, we got a lot coming up. So stay tuned to this. If you're listening and you're not subscribed, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And yeah, keep coming back every week to listen to our recent activity. Until next week, Shane and Chris and myself, we'll see you next time.